Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is episode 248 and this is your host, Ralph Burns. This week, I'm running solo because we're swapping out the sequence of our episodes here a little bit in response to what's going on right now in the outside world and how that affects you as a business, as an agency, as an independent consultant, or somebody who's just getting started with Facebook ads. The environment has radically changed in the last month. And uh, here on Perpetual Traffic, we usually record a lot of our episodes in advance and even though that's great from a scheduling standpoint and obviously an organizational standpoint, we sometimes obviously record almost in real time because the changes on Facebook happen in real time. So we're going to be switching back to that format here because things are changing so quickly that we feel that uh, even though a lot of our episodes that we sort of have, quote unquote, in the can are great for you to continue to expand your reach and, and on traffic and grow and scale your business, we want to make this a little bit more topical, especially because the the changing market conditions. So for those of you who are looking for episode number 248 to be part two of the Tom Breeze episode... We're not sure exactly when we're going to air that, but um, I've already messaged Tom about that. He sort of he understands, obviously. So a little bit of an open loop on uh, part one and part two there. Part two will be aired at a later date. So a little bit of a cliffhanger there on what's going on with YouTube ads. So let's get right into the content here today. Today's episode is going to be a little different than the ones that we've done in the past because of the changing market conditions right now, a lot of questions that I've gotten and my team has gotten is about running a virtual business or a remote business. We refer to it as a virtual business. It's a very real business, but it's a little bit of a catchphrase right now, virtual business, in the fact that the Tier 11 company, our company, which has been around for about 10 years now, doing Facebook and Instagram ads as a full service agency for about seven years exclusively, we run a 100% virtual team. So we've got about 14 or 15 different countries represented in tier 11. And we run on four continents, I think five continents now. I think we just added one more this, this past week, believe it or not. And this is something that a lot of businesses are transitioning to. Now, if you're a consultant or if you're a freelancer, probably you're running a virtual company right now, maybe at a smaller level, maybe you've got a, a virtual assistant, or maybe you've got an admin, or maybe a couple of people who are helping you buy media. We're actually a 40-person team on all those continents, and We've been asked a lot, especially my VP of Ops, especially because he set up a lot of the systems that make Tier 11 run. We've been asked, like, what are the tools that you guys use to run a virtual full-service agency? And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. And from my perspective, the virtual business idea is actually, it is the future. Because having been in the corporate world and having gone to an office for years and years, almost 20 years, guys, before I even started this thing. I am no 20-year-old running an internet marketing business by any stretch, but I have a fair amount of experience with going to a physical office and enduring the world's worst commute from where I live in Cape Cod up to Boston, Cambridge, as well as to New Haven, which I did for about six years. Where I was in the car for about five or six hours 
every single day as my kids were growing up and uh, really sort of missing their formative years until I was uh, and summarily fired about 10 years ago, 10 years and two months ago, which we refer to as my Independence Day. Fired by the second time, it sort of gave me the clear signal that I should probably start my own business and I can't really work for anybody else except my wife. Uh, and the point is, is that we've been doing this remotely for over 10 years right now. So I think some of the stuff we're going to be talking about here today will be really helpful for you if you are a business that's transitioning to remote there's a lot of businesses out there that are doing that, or you're maybe just getting started on running a virtual business and maybe just need some key tools and tips and what to avoid from someone who has been doing it for quite some time now, so learning from our mistakes. But today's episode is going to be on that and how it relates back to Facebook and Instagram advertising, obviously. We'll certainly make reference to that, but today's episode is really all about how to run a virtual company and the five indispensable tools, we wouldn't be able to do this without these tools that we use to run a virtual business. So let's get right into it. So today's episode is actually one of the new episodes for a podcast that we're launching this week on virtual business. It's actually been in the planning stages for quite some time now. The current market conditions obviously have sort of pushed that timeline to speed it up. So we're actually, when this episode airs uh, next Tuesday, we should actually have our new podcast up, which is all about this. And this is one of the episodes. This is one of the episodes we do together with two of my team members, my VP of Ops, Deacon Bradley, and uh, VP of Media Buying, Angela Ponsford. It's the three of us going through how we run things in Tier 11. And it's called the Virtual Business Podcast. And uh, would love to have you listen to that. That's going to be same sort of cadence as we do here at Perpetual Traffic. We talk about how we run things inside our virtual business. And we'll be having guests on there who do the same, but uh, really sort of valuable and insightful information that should really help you if you're transitioning to this new environment in which we live. And we don't know how long this is going to last, but the point is, is that I think a lot of people are going to get some real revelations about this and say, hey, why do I have a physical office? <laughs> you know, I can actually run things virtually and get great results. And that's how we've been running things for the last 10 years, like I said. So if you're interested in getting on the early bird list or at least subscribing to that when it does come out, it should actually be on iTunes by the time this is published next week. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash virtual that's tier11.com forward slash virtual. Get on the email list and get your notifications in there. We'll be producing episodes every single week, maybe even more frequently based upon how long this whole thing lasts. But for sure, this is not just a response to what's going on in the world today. This is how we run things. And this has been something that we've been planning for some time. And obviously, world events have sort of sped up that timeline. So head over to tier11.com forward slash virtual. Would love to have you listen every single week. And the three of us together, I think, can bring some really good tips to help you transition to virtual or make your current virtual business even more effective. So if you find yourself suddenly running a remote business... Here are some of the tools that you really need to know right now. And I think some of these people have actually started to use, which is kind of crazy. Some of these tools, you know, my family members have actually started to use. Friends of mine have started to use, but they don't quite know exactly how to use them. And, and we've certainly made our fair share of mistakes inside Tier 11 as we've used these tools, we have, we've perfected them. So we're really going to give you the ones that we use. Now, this isn't going to be the ones that are perfectly right for you, but we've boiled it down to the four or five tools, really five tools that we use every single day inside Tier 11. And we really don't have any other understanding of how to run a business without these tools. But for sure, these tools are going to help you run your business far more efficiently. So the big thing is this, in all these different categories here we're going to be talking about today is Try to do your best to consolidate each one into one single platform. I think that is a key ingredient to keep your sanity as well as to keep up your productivity. So some of these are communication tools. Some of these are project management tools. Some of these are file-related tools. 
Try and consolidate them all into one because there's lots of choices out there. If you can get all your people on the same platforms, it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. Trust me, because we've done it the wrong way with multiple tools and it ends up making the whole virtual business experience very problematic and very chaotic. So as much as possible with these, try and consolidate them to one. And the ones that we use here are the ones that uh, happy to share because they do work so well and so effectively. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So not in any particular order of importance, but this is probably my favorite tool that we use. The number one tool for just communication, live communication between our team members, between our groups, between our sort of our pods, you know, individual groups, creative team, media buying team. We use this tool and this is a tool that we can't live without. And that is Zoom. Now, if you've been watching the news the last couple of weeks, especially following the stock market in particular, the Zoom stock has been one of those stocks that's actually been going up, actually increasing in value along with anything that's related to a cure or some sort of treatment or even immunity for the new coronavirus. But Zoom, the reason why it's so popular is because it's so damn good. Now, there has been some issues just recently with security. So if you are a business where security is paramount, so like let's say you're in the banking industry, let's say you're you know, an attorney and there's attorney-client privileges or in the healthcare space, Zoom might not be the tool for you, but Zoom for us is a tremendous tool because it's a video chat tool. It has a lot of capabilities. It's got a great mobile application because a lot of the times when I actually tune into Zoom calls, I'm doing it on the mobile app, which is a tremendous app. And one of the reasons why we love this tool so much is because it brings the team together. Now, if you think about a virtual team, you can't see everybody every single day. So how do you build a virtual culture, a virtual work environment where you're developing relationships with your coworkers. Well, you do it by seeing their face, by you know understanding who they are, getting to know their personality. Those are sort of soft things in business, but I think it is really important. And you know, the line from The Godfather, it's not personal, it's just business. I disagree with Vito Corleone, Michael Corleone. It is personal. Business is personal. And Zoom assists with that. It's a, a lot of this is about relationships and building those relationships. And it's so funny that we actually, we do have an annual meeting where we do come together as a group every single year, all 30 something plus, almost 40 now 
where we actually get together. And most of these people I had never met face to face, but when we see them live, it's like we already know them. So how do you build a virtual culture? That was one of the things that an old mentor of mine said that I would never be able to do running a Facebook and Instagram ad agency virtually. It's like, you can't create a virtual culture. Well, I disagree. And we have absolutely created a culture inside tier 11, which is really helpful and useful. And you know, if you're interested in you know, what our company culture actually is, head on over to tier11.com forward slash manifesto. We've got a manifesto there where that is our company culture. It's people that we work with, people that we work with as customers, but people that we work with in the organization and everybody sort of falls into that category. So check that out over at tier11.com forward slash manifesto. But the way that we manifest that, to you know, borrow a phrase here, is we use Zoom to create those relationships. So what you need for Zoom is you do need a good webcam because that is, it's not optional for us. It's one of the very few rules that we have inside Tier 11, which is whenever you are on a meeting, if at all possible, unless you're driving or unless you just have a really crappy internet connection, Zoom has, has ways in which you can connect if that is the case as well, which is really very cool. But the point is, is that for us, the video chat, having your camera on is an absolute must. It's a requirement because of the culture part of it, because of the relationship part of it. But even maybe even more importantly is to read the nonverbal part of communication. So for the virtual business podcast, we actually record that with our Zoom cameras on. So we can sort of see when the other one is going to talk or when somebody looks like they want to have something to say. Like you can read nonverbals this way because you can't do that if you don't have a camera on. And depending on which study that you look up, the nonverbal part of communication is a very large percentage of how people communicate. Depending on which study you look at, it might be 60 or 70% upwards is nonverbal. And actually what you say is like lower on down the list, like what you're actually communicating it might be three or four, depending on which study that you look at. But the point is, is that that's really vital for us is to be able to sort of read the nonverbals, but also develop the relationships. And that's how you develop virtual culture. And it's something that's been absolutely essential for us. So if you don't have a good webcam, and we're almost exclusively an Apple company, I think there's maybe just a couple of people that are on PCs or Microsoft on our creative team because they have to use certain Adobe softwares. The webcam on Apple devices is pretty darn good. But if you don't have one, I do have a recommendation for the Logitech C920. That's the Logitech C920. We'll actually leave links to this in the show notes here today. I think it's essential to be able to do that and to be able to uh, use Zoom effectively. Definitely use that webcam and, and grab that on Amazon. It's, it's fairly inexpensive. Hook it up and you'll see the, how much it really changes the dynamic of your meetings and when you're meeting with your people in your, in your group. The other part of this is having good audio. And it's amazing when I'm watching now a lot of the you know news programs and everything that you're seeing right now, they are either doing their interviews through Skype or through GoToWebinar or WebEx or not Zoom, doesn't look like it at this point. The audio oftentimes is a big thing and audio does make a difference. Once again, like nonverbal communication, obviously what you see, but also what you hear. So it's really important to have a good microphone. The best microphone that we use and the one that I'm actually recording this podcast on is called the ATR2100. It's the ATR2100. Like I said, we'll leave some links in the show notes for that. Head on over to uh, Amazon and grab one because they are so good. And one of the best features of this is as a noise canceller, for background noise. So I've actually recorded episodes of Perpetual Traffic, believe it or not, in coffee shops or Starbucks with an enormous amount of background noise. You know, Starbucks always plays that like music over the speaker. I always seem to get the seat that's right underneath the speaker. So, but when I'm doing meetings, I'll oftentimes, I'll use that ATR microphone and it will cancel out all the background noise can plug in your earbuds right into the back of it and you can sort of self-monitor your voice as well. 
everything about this microphone is great. One of the things is that, you know, if you do travel with it, it does tend to break down over time, but they're $70 thereabouts, definitely worthwhile investment. That's the ATR2100, and it's an essential ingredient. I think every team member on Tier 11 at least has one or is in the process of getting one. So definitely get that. Zoom is also so effective, you can just use it with your regular earphones, just plugging it into your laptop. So yeah, if you don't have background noise, if you're recording in your office where it's a quiet environment, that's fine as well. But the audio is really, really important. And Zoom does a great job of having crystal clear audio, which is tremendous. They also have sort of these different backgrounds that you can do, which is sort of fun to do that, especially if you're, you know, your kids get on a Zoom call, they'll do all kinds of crazy backgrounds. But if you want to create a professional environment, let's say you're on a call with a potential customer, you want to have your background look professional. So one of our Tier 11 employees actually has a green screen behind him and it looks perfect every single time that he gets on a call. It's because he's actually recording or he's actually, he has a small apartment and the only place where he can do his calls is in his bedroom. So having a bed in the background, probably not a good idea. Sometimes his wife is sleeping in there. So like Zoom has that capability to be able to do it. It's really, it's tremendous. So Looking professional on Zoom, especially if you are interacting with customers or internal teams, I think is really, really important. So another great feature of Zoom. Two really cool things about Zoom right now is I think they've done a tremendous job in rolling this out is that it's now free for schools, kindergarten through 12th grade. And I think they've done a, a really good job of making this available to the masses and the uptick and the adoption of Zoom has been pretty impressive uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. And it's also free up to 40 minutes, which is amazing to us. So we have, I don't even know how many individual Zoom paid accounts, but if you add all this up, it actually, it, it's a hell of a lot less than monthly rent. I don't even know what we pay for Zoom right now. I think it's like 200 bucks, something like that. It's so great. I don't even mind the expense, but like consider $200 a month versus $2,000, $10,000 a month, you know, depending on where your office is located. It's a pretty small expense and it really does bring together those teams and allows you to communicate in a really effective way. And it's very inexpensive and affordably priced. Another thing about Zoom is the mobile app is so amazing. It's literally, we use another tool, which we'll get into in just a second. When you click on the link to a Zoom, it automatically opens up in your iPhone into the app and then gives you the option to connect on the internet or connect through a telephone number. So if your internet connection isn't great, let's say you're in a bad cell, you can still connect through the phone number and keep your video off, which is the one exception that we have when we have tier 11 meetings is everyone needs to have their camera on so we can see them. But if you're in a bad cell area, because we're all sort of running things and we're running our personal lives and we might be picking up kids somewhere, maybe not now, but in normal times, you know, at soccer practice or whatever it happens to be, the ability to be able to communicate through both internet as well as regular old cellular phone lines is a great option inside Zoom. So one more thing that we love about it. One of the questions that I've gotten quite a bit is why not FaceTime? Uh, why don't you just do everything on FaceTime? And you know, my kids ask me this, but the point is, is that not everybody has an Apple device. So it limits you there you can actually have multiple people on FaceTime. This is a one-click solution. Literally, you could have 20 people on a Zoom call, and in our case, even more. And to start the meeting, you click on the link. Now, if you were starting the meeting on FaceTime, you'd have to call each individual person and add them, which is a great feature. And I don't even know what Android has with regard to that. But the point is, is it's really, it's not effective. And the other thing is that with Zoom, you can do screen shares, and that is really, really helpful. So you can share your screen, whether you're on your mobile device, which I've done before, or whether you're on your desktop or your laptop, and you can go through like an agenda, or in our case, you know, when we have a new customer that's potentially gonna work with us as a full service agency, we'll use a, a Google Doc, and we'll actually share that Google Doc so the customer is looking at it, or the prospect is looking at it, we're looking at it, and the screen sharing capabilities of Zoom are just so easy and so effortless. 
There's also a recording feature that goes there in case you want to share something with your team. There's just so many different ways in which uh, Zoom really helps our business. So one of the things that I had mentioned before is security issues. So there are some security issues with this right now. It's not something that you know we really concern ourselves with because we're not dealing with social security numbers or privacy issues in most cases. But if you do have those types of issues, like for example, my sister works for the Department of Public Health here in Massachusetts, and she can't use Zoom because there's so much confidential information that's being transmitted through Zoom. So they use a Skype as an alternative. So that's how we started. We started with Skype and we eventually pivoted over to Zoom about three years ago, full time. And the point is this, is that whatever you need to use or whatever platform you use for video chat and for communication amongst your team, pick one and stick with it. And Zoom is the one that we use, consolidated as much as possible. It's really gonna help you run your virtual teams. So the second big tool that we use, and this is another one, it's like either 1A, 1B here, uh, as far as importance, is Slack. Now, Slack is something that a lot of non-virtual teams use, and it can sometimes actually become an impediment. Sometimes it's easier to send a Slack message than to walk down to someone's cubicle and sort of peek over the top of the cubicle and have a, a short conversation. But for us, it's absolutely essential. So our VP of Ops says it best, is that Slack is the glue that holds our team together. And it's a tremendous tool. There are some drawbacks, but for communication, written communication, absolutely essential. So when we first started using Slack about three years ago, I was not an advocate for Slack because I had been in other Slack channels with other customers and with you know some individual groups that we were sort of working with, and it was chaos. So the important thing to do when you're running Slack is to have a really, really good naming of your channels. So, and this is what we call channel nomenclature. So for example, inside tier 11, we have you know, starter channels, which are things that we'll talk about in just a second, but the naming of the channels is key. So for us, it's like, if we're talking about a customer account, we have, you know, 20 plus, I'm not exactly sure even how many customers we have right now, but we have a lot of customers. And so we'll have an account channel for each one. So every single customer has their own hashtag ACCT dash the name of the company. So if you can organize your channels and keep them really logical, that is the key to effectiveness inside Slack. Otherwise, it becomes mayhem. And that's what I had experienced until we shifted over three years ago. So key with that account nomenclature, maybe assign somebody on your team to be able to do this. Our operations department does this for us all and keeps things really clean. So there's other things that you can put in there like project channels. Say if you've got a new project going on. So for example, when we launched this podcast, it was project-podcast. We've got other channels in there for new projects. So the nomenclature and the naming of channels is actually really, really key. And I would highly encourage you to have what we refer to as starter channels. These are things for like announcements or fun channel, which right now is probably the best channel inside our Slack just with all the jokes going on, trying to keep things light and uh, you know positive with so much negativity if you're watching the news and obviously with everything that's going on right now. So the fun channel is one that's vital. And this plays back to what we talked about in our tool number one is how do you create a virtual team? How do you create a virtual culture? The fun channel is probably one of the best channels in which to do that. So you know, for me, you know, when I have a, an announcement, we typically will have a Zoom call every Tuesday for our entire company. Okay. But in between there, we might have an announcement or two. So we have an announcements channel, we have a fun channel, we have a news channel. So there are other channels I think that are key to setting up Slack. But the point is, is that name your channels really appropriately and keep them well organized. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos for you. So another aspect of Slack that I think is really, really important is that we manage customer accounts. And we also have internal teams. So Slack has the ability to be able to create what's referred to as different workplaces. So workplaces are, in essence, sort of completely separate spaces within Slack to manage very different projects, very different objectives. So we have a tier 11 internal channel that's for only internal 
communication. No customers are ever allowed in there. We never give access to anyone. It's all for internal communication. But then we have a second workplace for all of our customers. And that's where we can interact with our customers back and forth. So we have a great deal of communication that we do. We usually do, do you know, weekly calls with our customers to keep them informed of what we're doing for strategy, for all kinds of things with relation to running their business and running their ads. But that is separate. So that can be a real gotcha if you have one workplace and you combine internal and external. That's when things get really ugly. <laughs> and thankfully, we didn't make that mistake when we first started using Slack, but I've heard other businesses have had that same issue. And so avoid that at all possible. And you can create multiple workplaces sort of over on the left-hand side inside the Slack app, which is a great app for desktop, like I said, as well as for mobile. The mobile app for Slack is absolutely tremendous. There's also a, a way in which you can set up notifications, different notifications based upon channels. So the way that I have it set up is I get notifications when somebody mentions my name or ats my name inside Slack. So I try to keep things and really sort of prioritize where I go when I go into Slack. So for example, as the CEO, I also have a channel that's for Ralph only. So if there's something that somebody needs from me and the only thing they can get from me, and my good friend James Shramko had recommended this, and it's been very helpful for me, so I don't miss anything because I'm basically in all the channels. You know, there's a lot of channels inside Tier 11. So you can isolate individual channels to just get the most relevant information. So for example, if I've got 15 minutes in the morning to check Slack and check email, all I'll do is I'll go to those priority channels, those channels that I've prioritized that either mention my name or ones that are super important. So for example, we have a leadership channel, which I always check first thing in the morning, as well as the For Ralph Only channel. And then obviously, if there's any sort of individual notifications or threads for things that are going on, you can do this and you can prioritize your, and your notifications with Slack really, really easily. And that's one of the other reasons why it's such an effective tool for us and absolutely the glue that holds our entire team together. Now, the third tool that we use, and I don't know if this is number three in priority, but it's a great way for us to communicate when we can't get somebody on a Zoom chat or just a Slack message doesn't do it justice. So our business is very visual. So running ads through Ads Manager, as well as through a variety of different documents, we found that this tool, and this is another one that's free, which is crazy, but it's so good, is to be able to shoot a short video about what it is that you're trying to explain. Now, remember, inside a virtual business, you have, obviously, the main modality for communication is written communication. So we'll talk about like how the ins and outs of Slack and how we use that maybe on future episodes here of Perpetual Traffic. But Loom is a tremendous way in which you can shoot a short video and then upload it and throw it into a Slack channel or direct message or wherever it happens to be to give an, a more visual explanation of what you're doing. And Loom also has a face on camera feature. So you maintain that sort of nonverbal side of the equation. So, and it's a free tool. So loom.com is great for quick explanations, sort of a Sort of an add-on to Slack. I think we probably use it inside Slack probably more than anything else, maybe as well as inside our project management tool. But I find I use it a tremendous amount just to sort of explain what I'm doing or explain a task. I've had a virtual assistant for about 10 years, and I've never actually met her face-to-face. -face. I've never talked to her on the phone for over 10 years. And the reason why is that all my communication with her is through either Loom videos, and we used to use Screencast before that. But Loom is great because it works on all platforms, okay? It works on Apple devices, works on Google, works on Android devices, whereas a lot of the other ones are Adobe-related or you need to download some particular software. If I just look inside Slack today, chances are I'll see probably a dozen Loom videos inside the communication channels just because it's such an effective tool to be able to quickly say, 
here's what I meant on that, here's what I need you to do, or here's what I'm doing. And it creates a, a way to visually explain and visually communicate. So check them out over at loom.com. And it's a free service, like I said, which is absolutely amazing. And they're great customer service as well if you do want to get on the paid plan. But so far, most of these, uh, with the exception of Slack, most of these tools you can use for free, which is really, really helpful, especially if you're transitioning and you need a quick transition like a lot of you are facing out there with today's current environment. The fourth tool that we use that's sort of a combination tool here is Google Drive. Google Drive, we run everything off Google Drive. And literally, that's the only place where I have all my files. I don't have files in a filing cabinet. All my files are in Google Drive. We use Google Docs and Google Sheets almost exclusively. We're starting to use their presentation app as well. Even though Google and Apple are fierce competitors and don't necessarily see eye to eye, they have actually made both platforms very friendly on all devices, which is tremendous. So like I said, we're mostly an Apple company. I think everybody either has an Air or a MacBook Pro and mostly on iPhones. But the Google Docs and Google Apps work tremendously well, and it allows us to share documents. And that's so key, especially when there's collaboration. There's so much collaboration that goes on inside Tier 11 to the point that, you know, we're writing a lot of these like plans for customers or strategic account plans for prospective businesses literally together. And it allows you to share and collaborate. We do all our billing through this form and then actually send it out through a different software, which I'll mention in just a bit. But Google Docs and Shared Drive is tremendous. So definitely check that out over at google.com and start using it as, as much as you possibly can. Now, there's alternatives to this as well. There's Dropbox, there's Evernote, there's Box, which is a little bit more of an enterprise, which we do use. We do use all of those, but in very specific circumstances. What we found is that Google Drive is really effective at converting a lot of your files. Let's say you have certain team members that are on the Windows platform and they have an Excel file or they have a Word document. We try to get people off those immediately so that we can actually get into a more sharing mode. But Google Drive will actually adapt those documents to a shared format. So even if you are 100% Microsoft and a lot of, you know, our, some of our outside vendors are Microsoft still, like we said, we still do have a few team members that are on Microsoft systems. This allows us to be able to speak in a common language. And we put all of our stuff, all of our most important documents inside Google Drive. And we found that Google Docs especially is indispensable and just one of those things that I don't know how we'd be able to collaborate as well as we do without it. So a quick example of this is we use Google Docs for all of our plans, all of our sort of sales processes. And we do a screen share through Zoom, obviously. And as we're going through or reviewing this plan for new potential customers, you know, my VP of sales might be sort of recording or actually going through the top part of the document. I might still actually be editing the bottom half of the document as he's going through to make sure that the information is accurate and up to date and also gives some new observations. So like that's in real time using all these tools. And then we might actually have a chat going about like what we're saying or how to actually position things in the right way through Slack. <laughs> and that's how we quote unquote sell. And it's very, very effective. And you can't do that in a presentation. Let's say if you're in front of an audience or, or a potential prospect in a boardroom. You can't communicate with the other person that is doing the presentation. You can't collaborate on a document you know, in real time. And as much as a face-to-face -face interaction for a presentation is really effective, we find that Zoom is equally as effective and there's really no drop-off. And remember, my, my background is in 20 plus years of sales and sales management. And we're selling through all these tools, through these devices, more effectively than I ever did in real life face-to-face -face meetings. So it's really, it speaks to the effectiveness of all these tools working together. 
So Google Docs for us is tremendous. One of the questions that we get all the time is like, well, all right, well, we've got people who use Evernote, they use Word, or they use you know, other sharing apps. As much as you can, consolidate all your communication, all your documents into a single system. And for us, it's Google Drive, it's shared drive to store files. And, you know, Dropbox, like I said, is really good as well. We do love that tool. We do use it at times, but we run the entire business on uh, Google just because it's so, so effective. And, and by the way, I mean, it's not expensive either. Once again, this is another tool. I'm not really sure what we pay for it every single month because I can't imagine us running the business without it. So check it out over at Google dot com. And uh, like I said, in future episodes, we'll be talking about exactly how we use these. And uh, obviously on the new podcast, we'll be talking about all these tools far more in depth and how we use them and some of the gotchas that we've sort of realized over the course of time. And the last and final tool is our project management software. So Slack, Google Docs, Google Drive, Loom, and Zoom are great tools, but you also need a way in which to organize your work. And workflows is something that's tremendously important. And a lot of non-virtual companies actually run through project management software. So I think this is something, the reason why it's last here is that a lot of companies already use something, even if they do have a physical office, because these types of tools are so effective in collaboration, as well as getting things done. So since we've been doing this, we've gone through a lot of different project management softwares. And I've actually sort of lost count of how many there are. Uh, we started with Basecamp, then we went to Workplace, and then we went to another one that's now defunct. And then we did Reiki, and then we went to Podio. Podio, we did that for years, and it's actually really good and still is really good. But then we switched over in the last three years to Trello. Trello was one of the ones that has a good Slack integration, which is really important, especially if you're using Slack, like I'd mentioned in point number one. But we found that we started to outgrow it as our team continued to grow. So we've now since transitioned over to Asana. And it's really been a great tool for us, uh, how we manage projects. It's very task-oriented. There's lots of great ways in which you can organize your tasks. There's due dates and ways to, in which to check work. It's really a tremendous tool. It's the one that we use. But if you're using another software, another project management software, and you're getting good results out of it, keep it. You know, Don't switch over to Asana just because we're talking about it here. The, the idea is to be able to do this with minimal disruption in your normal workflow. And just because you go virtual doesn't mean you need to change your project management software. So all those other project management softwares are really good. Smart Sheets, we tested that one too, which I thought was really good. So if you're using something that you like right now, just keep it. But for us, we found that Asana is essential. But if you're running a virtual business, you cannot manage projects through Slack. And that's a big question that we get. Like, why are you guys using project management software? Just do everything through Slack. At a certain point, yes. If you're a small team, one, two, three, four people, perhaps, you can manage projects through Slack. The way that we did it you know, seven years ago was all through email. So definitely don't do that. <laughs> that's the key. Get everything off email as much as you possibly can. But once you sort of outgrow or your team is a little bit larger, you, you can manage things through Slack fairly efficiently. But once you reach sort of a critical mass, you really do need to switch over to a project management software. And once again, all these tools are a hell of a lot less than a monthly rent check that you're paying to a landlord or going out and buying a building or building a building. You know, that's a tremendous amount. This could be a seven figure expense. These are all, all these tools, even if you use them at our scale, are under $1,000 a month, which is really affordable. And they're tools that we just absolutely can't live without. So definitely check out all those tools. Asana is the one that we like the most right now. We've completely transitioned to it just really within the last couple of months. And um, it's been working out extremely well for us. So a couple of other bonus tools here just on the end is we do use a couple of other things essential to the business, probably not quite as essential as the top five that I just mentioned, but we do have a knowledge base and we have a lot of 
a lot of standard operating procedures, a lot of ways in which we do things. We actually run a lot of our training through this system and we found that it's really, really effective and migrated from Google Docs over to it about two years ago or so. And we have all our SOPs, all our manuals, our training manuals, all the ways in which we do things that are constantly updated and it's a shared document as well. We just really like the format of it and how it's set up and that is Tetra. Tetra has been a great addition for us. Yes, it's an additional expense. We actually have uh, individuals within Tier 11 who are constantly updating our SOPs because so many things change inside Facebook and uh, what we run and probably in your business as well. Tetra has been great to sort of have a knowledge base and continuously update it. There's a lot of different reasons as to why we use that over Google Docs, which we'll probably get into in future episodes here. But the point is, is for a knowledge base, Tetra we found is really, really effective. So definitely check that out. We'll leave uh, links in the show notes for that as well. So in just a couple of other tools that we use here, we use for billing and invoicing. We've gone through a lot of these. Uh, we do use Stripe because we're a, a virtual business as far as how we collect money, but we use Invoice Ninja. Invoice Ninja integrates back with Slack. It also integrates with our primary sources in which we actually collect money. Invoice Ninja is a great tool that we've used and really like it. Been using that for probably over a year now. Makes things really, really efficient. You know. Just another tool as you sort of evolve out of this virtual, like mailing out an invoice, like that's a big deal right now. Like my attorney is our business attorney for, for tier 11 has now transitioned to a virtual law firm and they're still mailing out invoices or now he's actually emailing me the invoice and then I have to write a physical check and then send it back. Depending on what your business is, like this is a this is a really easy way. Like if, if nothing really happens until you collect the money, <laughs> that's really important. So this is an important one for me. And Invoice Ninja allows us to do that very easily. If you make it hard for your customers to pay your bills, to pay your invoices, you're probably going to get paid late. And right now in this environment, you need to be able to collect the invoicing for services rendered and do it in an easy way in which it's just a couple of clicks for people to pay your bills. So definitely consider Invoice Ninja. It's the tool that we use here at Tier 11. And last but not least, just an additional tool that we use is for contracts. We've tested a lot of agreement softwares and we have contractor agreements that we use for all our contractors. And then we also have agreements that we use with our customers. And once again, to close a deal, to close and get somebody to sign and, and get started, we want to make that as friction free as possible. We used to send out PDFs and then have them sign virtually and like a PDF and Adobe document. It's really clunky. If you want to sign an agreement, it just really kind of sucks. And still people send me those and I hate doing it because it's like multiple steps. But what we use is PandaDoc. PandaDoc has been tremendous for us. And we adopted this probably about a year and a half ago. We switched over from DocuSign. DocuSign is one that is good as well, but it didn't have the functionality that we wanted. PandaDoc has templates, which is so tremendously helpful. There's all kinds of ways in which you can very easily use the mobile app, the great mobile app for PandaDoc. DocuSign, I always found their app was really clunky. So yeah, PandaDoc is the one that we use. So collecting money, obviously, with Invoice Ninja and signing agreements, two important things in business. These tools really do make it very easy and help you run things far more efficiently than the old way of doing things. So definitely consider these additional tools here in addition to sort of the big five that we had mentioned here on today's show. So just some further resources in this time, and obviously we're talking about tools here primarily of how you can adapt your business to virtual and what we do inside Tier 11. I would definitely check out one of the recent episodes for Superfast Business, and uh, this is my good friend James Shramko. He goes into like not any of this tool stuff, more of the mental health side of helping you in this time. And really a tremendous episode, and if you don't subscribe to his podcast, you really should. And it's Superfast Business, uh, episode 727. 
and it's 11 steps for mastering change in uncertain times. So we're talking about tools here, but like the overriding principle is that you need to sort of change your mindset a bit and, and really be adaptable and understand that, yes, change is the one constant that is in business. This is a very big change that we're undergoing right now. But that episode of Superfast Business 727 is a tremendous one. So definitely check that one out with my friend James and uh, you will be able to help navigate just from a mental perspective. We talked about that and, you know, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more in episode 250 with Molly of the things that we're doing now to adapt and how our environment and how our routines have changed. But I think James really hits the nail on the head here with Superfast Business 727. So definitely check that out as well. And like I had mentioned, if you want more of these types of bits of information and and ways in which we have really been using tools like this, as well as all the other things that are associated with running a virtual business, definitely check out the new uh, virtual business podcast at tier11.com forward slash virtual. It really goes hand in hand with a lot of things that we had mentioned here. And we'll be updating those episodes weekly as well. So everything will be in real time as you adapt to this new world, this new changing environment, and start to run your business, not from a physical location, but from a virtual location, doing everything that we can here on uh, this show to help you do that. But also in the next couple of episodes, like I said, we're going to be talking about how to adapt your messaging for ads, which we'll be talking about next week on episode 249. Then on episode 250, Molly and I will be discussing a lot of the things, what we're doing individually in our Facebook ad accounts to adopt to a lot of these changes that are going on right now with regard to messaging, but also strategies and tactics. So definitely check out those episodes that are coming up in the next couple of weeks as we, uh, we all navigate this thing together, guys, and doing everything we can here to help you get through this time and also become stronger at the end of the day and coming out of this better than you were before. So as a virtual business, we're huge advocates of it and I can't see us running things any other way. We'll keep coming back to these principles and future shows here to help you cope with this and and thrive in this changing environment. So for all the resources and links that we had mentioned in this week's show, make sure you check out digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 248. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy. And until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.